Hey, everybody, welcome back to Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network, where we take a closer look each week at the wide, weird, and wonderful world of running. I'm your host, Jonathan Ellsworth. I'm also the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Off the Couch is presented by CBG Trails. The CBG Trails app is the only complete trail map app of Crested Butte and the Gunnison Valley, Colorado. So download the app today and start exploring. Today we've got back on the program Stevie Kramer, an accomplished runner based here in Crested Butte. Stevie joined us back on episode number four of Off the Couch, where we heard some fantastic stories from her running career and also learned about her weird love of Full House, her even weirder obsession with the number two, and her plans to run a marathon in Cuba, where she asked me to come serve as her coach. So if you're thinking to yourself, how could we possibly top that last conversation? Well, just you wait. Because in our latest conversation, Stevie and I talk about her experience at this year's New York City Marathon, including all the gory details. We also discuss the things about running that Stevie truly loves and truly hates, how many children is too many children, and more. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, here's Stevie. Stevie Kramer, welcome <laughs> To Blister Headquarters here at the Elevation Hotel. It's great to finally see where all the action happens. <laughs> this, is, this is where the magic happens this for is, sure. Yeah, there is a lot of magic going on right now. There is. Yeah. There is. Good to catch up. This has been, I thought our second conversation was going to happen a lot sooner than this. But, you know, you're a busy person. You're doing important things. And so uh, I really appreciate you, you know, making making time for little little old us over here at Off the Couch. <laughs> little did I know that you guys barely sleep. I would have, you know, I'm, I'm selfish. I need to sleep a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry How, about that. How's the sleep been going? It's good. I probably average six to seven hours a night. Okay. What about you? Honestly, I think I'm, I'm probably on that program these okay. days. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's been the the best thing in the evolution of blister is that the older the company gets, the more sleep I have gotten. So it's, a, it's like having a kid. But I feel like I go to sleep or I wake up when you go to sleep. That might be true. Yeah. 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 So let's see, to recap our last conversation, we talked a lot about your, well, that you spend a lot of time on a treadmill, mm -hmm. probably a lot more time than people might assume about a like, a runner of your standing and well, I was going to say stature, but I don't want to, I don't want to bring any jokes into this. <laughs> um, yeah. That, maybe that's why I can't fill you in on the latest full house episode I've seen. This is, this is breaking news. What's happened? Uh, my roommate slash husband is back. Oh, so now Marshall's I have back. Marshall's back. So now I have someone that, will stay home so I can go run outside first thing in the morning. So I think my, since the last time we spoke, I've probably run on the treadmill maybe five times. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been really nice. Well, you didn't tell me this last time that this was just a temporary, the treadmill was a temporary thing while Marshall was away. 
oh, I thought that's why I explained that to you. I hate the treadmill. Oh I would have never voluntarily gone on a treadmill that doesn't even incline really. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's back. He, he, he graduated from paramedic school. Woohoo! <laughs> and yeah, so now he'll sleep. And I, st- I still wake up the same time super early, but um, I go outside now, which is super nice. There's nothing better than a refreshing morning run outside. But you're running in the dark these days? Yes, with a headlamp and a dog. Like the whole run? Or is it at least start getting light? Well, no, because I'm home around 6.15. So I think the sun comes up around 6.15. Yeah, the whole running in the dark thing. I mean, if I had it my way, I would get up at, you know, 6 and run at 6.15 and get back at, you know, 8. But due to circumstances that I wouldn't change, I I like to be back at home before my kid gets up Mm -hmm. because I get home make him all his food for the day, make my food for the day, and then he typically wakes up. Um, so it's perfect. I'm on a great routine that I'm super happy about, and I'm even happier with the fresh air in the morning. Mm-hmm. I miss full house, let me let me tell you. But fresh air is, is, is pretty good. Okay, a question I've been thinking a lot about is at what point do you regard it as too cold to run like mostly thinking about taking in, inhaling and exhaling a lot of wild, cold air. No, there's no temperature. I think that face, that weird face you're making is, <laughs> it is never too cold to not run. No, I, I've gone out in those negative 20 degree days. You don't understand. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And running is my sanity. And it's, I'm not, that's not to say I enjoy it. Um, and I, I do sometimes think about the health benefits of that all. Because it, it can hurt, it can be painful, but. Have you, okay, two questions. Have you ever read anything that's like, don't run when it's this cold? Or have you ever asked anyone? You haven't even asked. No, because I think ignorance is bliss. Okay. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna talk to some, you know, we've got this network of smart coaches. I'm gonna reach out to them and, and see what the, what the. I respect every coach out there. I think they are amazing. And there's a reason I haven't had a coach though, because I don't want to hear not to run at certain times. So that is no offense to any coaches. I, I need to get my exercise. Okay. However, I will ha- now that I do have a treadmill at home, if I see that it is negative 30, I may opt to do intervals instead. On the, on the treadmill. On the treadmill, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, don't do intervals outside no. at negative 30. No. That's probably going to be yeah. even harder on the lungs. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to skiing, like there's never a temp where I'm like, it's too cold to go skiing, but that's a very different, it's like you ski hard for two minutes and then you're back kind of resting. One of my first years of ski mountaineering um, which is going uphill with skins and then ripping them and skiing down. Crested Butte Mountain Resort had a race and it was just a quick sprint race, which are like anywhere from six to 10 minutes, maybe even less. And I'll never forget, it was negative 26 at the start and it was freezing. It was miserable. And you are in a one-piece spandex outfit. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, there aren't many temperatures where it's too cold to go get some solid exercise. But don't you remember two years ago or three years ago, 
it was that freezing cold January and they had warning signs on the mountain like mm -hmm. it's too cold to ski. Don't you remember that? Well, yes. But I think that those signs which sometimes get put out are for frostbite. I know. Not, I know. I'm, I'm thinking about lungs. I'm thinking yeah, about lungs. Frostbite is also forever. That's true. Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. You just ran the New York City Marathon. Sure did. What prompted you to run the New York City Marathon? Um, a friend approached me and asked if, you know, to be perfectly honest, the New York City Marathon, my parents live right on the border of Connecticut and New York, really close to the city. Um, so I always told myself running the New York City Marathon would be a really amazing experience and almost like a bucket list experience. I never thought I would actually do it just because, you know, living in the mountains, especially in Crested Butte, we don't have much pavement. So I never thought I would do another pavement marathon again. Um, but a friend recently approached me and asked if I wanted to be on her charity team for the Endometriosis Foundation. Hmm. And I think running for a cause or running with a purpose is that much more motivating. So um, her and her husband motivated me to run and be part of the team. And it was a really incredible experience. Hmm. Yeah. Tell me more about what made the experience incredible. Well, I waited in line for 25 minutes and moved three inches to go to the bathroom. So I won't explain to our listeners how I did end up going to the bathroom, but it wasn't in a porta potty. We'll just keep it at that. I mean, unless you want me to go on. It was pretty miserable. I think I want you to go on. This if, is the real world. This what is, if people judge me? Um, they probably already did okay. after the first episode. Okay. So I think. All right, here goes. So it was really awesome. We had a, a police escort to the start of the, the marathon. And my start time was 940. And we had to be on the bus by six. And it was like a 30 minute bus ride or 6.30. No, six. But yeah, so it was only a 30 minute bus ride because they closed the road. This woman had a, a sticker on her back that said 27th New York City Marathon, like cheer me on, you know. So I asked her because I was so anxious. And she said, the one thing is like going to the porta potties, those lines are ridiculous. And she says, in fact, I recommend get a cup and just pee in a cup, cover yourself up. So I had about 30 minutes before my corral opened. And once the corral opens, you have about 20 minutes to get in there. So I thought, why don't I try going to the bathroom now? And then maybe when you get in the crowd, there'll be another porta potty. So like I said, I went and I waited in line for about 25 minutes and I moved three inches. It was ridiculous. The lines were not moving. I mean, they were hundreds deep. So I thought, all right, I got my cup. And the, the person I was with, he was really smart. He bought a really cheap sleeping bag from Walmart to stay warm because it's freezing in the morning. It was like 30 degrees. And it was getting warmer at that point. So I, I asked him if I could borrow his sleeping bag and I told him why and he was great. So I wrapped it around me. I mean, people around me must've been like, what the heck is she doing? So I peed in the cup and I had great aim. It was amazing. And I was all proud of myself. And as I was taking the sleeping bag off, I knocked the entire cup all over me. It was horrible because it was like sticky and then cold. So then I took a bottle of water and poured that all over me because of this. You don't want to be sticky. I would have just blamed New York. Okay. But regardless, I had to run 26.2 miles. This was all before the start? Yes. This was at like um, 8.45 in the morning. Or, or excuse me. It was at 9 o'clock in the morning. And my race started at 9.40. 
and it was 30 degrees outside. So not only was I sticky, but it was cold and I didn't know what to do. It was horrible. Did you have any other clothes to change? No. Oh my God. You just bring clothes that you then donate. Yeah. So I spent the next 40 minutes just trying to dry myself, but you know, I made sure the water took like the stick away. It was bad. I was so proud of my aim and then I knocked it with my hand. So just to recap, <laughs> I knew you'd run the New York City Marathon. I didn't know that you kind of peed on yourself first and then threw a bunch of water on you. I didn't pee on myself. Well, technically, I mean- I if, dumped a cup of pee I on mean, myself. It's kind of- I had great aim. It's kind of the same. And I'm proud of that. It's kind of the same. Yeah. But thank goodness for my friend who let me take the sleeping bag and just absorb- Sacri- Sacrifice the sleeping bag. sacrificed the sleeping bag for me and- That's a friend. It got donated to Goodwill and I just don't know if they wash that stuff. (sighs) I mean, it has a lot of water on it now. (laughs) Who needs a porta potty when you got a cup and a sleeping bag? Wow. I don't think, I think the donation part is tough. It's pretty incredible. They have tons, literally, when I say tons, I mean pounds and pounds and pounds. Over 53,000 runners run New York City Marathon. And they say you can do a drop, uh, bag drop, but a lot of times they just recommend that you bring old clothes and they have just bins everywhere to mm. donate all your... It's pretty incredible. Cool. I mean, not that people that are cold want a pee-filled sleeping bag, but... No, I don't think they do. Maybe it'll rain really hard one day and wash it all off. They didn't even have a dumpster to throw it in. It was either a bin or like a tiny garbage can. Wow, I did not. Yeah, I did not see this story going in this direction. Yep. Um, so how did you? How did you do? How did you feel about your race? So, you, you know, I I would never say I was off the couch. I run every day, anywhere from one to two and a half hours. So I I run a lot. I was not used to the pavement, and my choice of shoes was probably a poor choice. I. When I have a race, I don't think much about it in terms of preparation because that just adds more anxiety to me. But in the end, it definitely kicks me in the butt. So the day before I got to Connecticut where my parents live and I brought one pair of shoes that I was anticipating running in, made for road running, Solomon road running shoes, the Predicts. And um, (laughs) I was really excited about them. But then I realized they were just too big for me in the footbed. And I thought it'd be fine. And someone said, that's how you get blisters. And so then I went back to my closet in Connecticut where I had shoes that were like eight, nine, 10 years old. And I think that's what in the end kind of kicked me in the butt. So I don't know how to pace myself for road marathons because it's, it's a pace. Every mile can be the exact same mile. Whereas marathons, you, you know, you have ups, downs, technical, not technical. So you can't really pace yourself in terms of mile by mile. So I think, A, I went out too fast. And then by mile 23, I thought my calves were going to rip out of my skin. (laughs) I was in so much pain. And you can see my times, they were all roughly in like the six-minute range, whatever that is. And then my last three miles were in the sevens. I thought I I was going to lose my calf muscles and rip them. And I don't know if that's the pavement. I don't know if that's the lack of good pacing. I don't know if that was the shoes, but... It was a poor choice of shoes that I'm kind of disappointed with myself with. It's it's important to be a little more prepared than I was. 
it sounds like that's the lesson. That's that's what I'm taking away from this. Yeah. The shoe part seems like you probably should have got that right. Yeah. That and you probably shouldn't have peed all over yourself before the start of the race. Yeah, I didn't chafe. I was great. That's what I was scared of. <laughs> oh, speaking of chasing, chafing, this is another really fun story. So with the calves, I was like, maybe it's a... Um, like a cramping thing. Maybe they're going to cramp, you know, I, I've knock on wood, never cramped in a race hmm. ever. Hmm. But I was like, maybe this is the start of cramping. And so there were people and they had salt sticks and Vaseline in the same flipping line. So when I heard salt, I was like, sweet. I grabbed one. It was a wad of Vaseline. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> I really thought it was, uh, Wait, you didn't eat the Vaseline. No, but I grabbed it thinking it was salt. And all of a sudden, my whole hand was like, Ugh, like Vaseline all over. And you know, uh, you know that feeling when you have like gooiness all over? Oh, I was like, I just want salt and not to cramp. <laughs> yeah. This so, sounds like a complete disaster. Actually. It sounds like a disaster. I would say 20 miles of it was pretty fine. I mean, mile 11 is always my horrible mile where I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? Get me out. I want to be mm. done. But it, it was fine. It was good. I mean, having people every mile was very motivating. People However, cheering or people running with you? Cheering. And were you, you running were, solo? Oh, or? no. There's 53,000. Well, no, but I mean like you, were, you weren't running. Yeah, with. I would like find someone that I liked their pace and try to stick with them. And then they would either go faster than me or whatever it was. But- um, the, the, one of the frustrating parts is they have water stations every mile and you're and like, you're like people that. come on. Well, because every time they just, people cut in front of you. Oh. And so you just really have to be aware. And every mile it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's great. It's a very, that's well what I would do. I would stop at every one of the water. I didn't have one sip of water the whole race. What? No, I don't want to stop. And I don't want to cramp. And you don't carry any. No. <laughs> Maybe that led to the cramping too. For as many races as I was running, you'd think I'd have a little more this common sense. This is a sense. stunning conversation. <laughs> you know, I think when early at the top, you said how like you don't really want a coach. I really think maybe you need a coach. <laughs> yeah. Drink but water. I, yeah. Huh. Yeah. This is illuminating and strange. Mm. We had perfect weather. So you didn't have a sip of water. In two hours something minutes. Yeah, almost three hours. Yeah, but not three hours. And typically I won't drink or eat if I have a run less than three hours. Okay, so that tech, so that in fairness to yourself for once in this, because everything else you've explained is crazy so far in this conversation. But uh, so in that sense, this wasn't new territory for you. Typically, no, in a th less than three hours. I you're also not never run that hard in three hours. Got it. So that I, to be perfectly honest, I had a pretty bad stomach ache after the race. Like an hour after the race, my stomach hurt pretty bad, and I think that's because I pushed myself harder than I normally push, and I didn't fuel correctly. That but I get really nervous about stomach stuff during races. Mm -hmm. How many road marathons have you done? I've done probably maybe eight or nine, but the last one I did was the Boston Marathon in 2007, I think. So I haven't done a road marathon in 12 years. 
And I probably won't do another one for 12 years. <laughs> really? You think you're done? I love halves. Half road marathons are great. Why? Because I think running, you know, an hour and a half on road hard is fine, is good, is great. You know, I think it's okay to not eat for an hour and a half. I don't think it's as hard on your body. Or maybe I just train better on pavement. Maybe that's better. Okay. So you like the road half, not the road full. Ugh, no. Okay. What's the most recent trail race you've done? I did the Golden Leaf Half Marathon, which is one of my favorites in September, end of September. And then I did the Lead King Loop in early September. Um, yeah, and I didn't, again, I didn't race that much this summer because my husband was gone. Yeah. And just getting childcare for a day is hard. And my parents live in Connecticut and I'm in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, which I love, you know, but it's just really hard getting childcare. And all races are like a two to three hour drive away. So it's either you bring him with you and you bring a babysitter with you or you ask some random person to watch your kid and then you feel really guilty. Yeah. Although it might make you run a little faster because you want to get back to them. Right. So it, mm. it was a tough summer of, of racing and training. I'll be totally honest. So training wise, you, I mean, even with your treadmill training, you weren't totally happy with where you were at? No. This was not what you would call ideal? No, not okay. at all. Okay. And I got to the point this summer where I just said, running is my drug, essentially. You know, this is what helps me get through the day and I will do it in any capacity I can. So if it's on a treadmill, that's fine. I, I need to run. And I have great friends in my life that will take my kid, which is wonderful. Oh, and I ran a ton with him, but it's not trail running. Yeah. You know, it was all on dirt roads, uh. which is great. I'll take what I can get. However, it was not the ideal summer of, of training. And I didn't get to do races that I was really hoping to do. Mm -hmm. So, but it's okay. I, I would not take it back for the world. I love my kid. No. Hans. Hans. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say that Nicole and I could volunteer to watch Hans, but oh. it might be that situation where you're like racing to hurry up to get back. Like, you're so nice. We don't like, we don't, our track record with keeping plants alive isn't that great. Oh, I've never kept a plant alive. Okay. okay. It's way different when it can like talk to you and cry and okay. make noises. See, yeah. Yeah. So plants. Okay. But thanks. That's really nice of you. Okay. Well, let us know. Thank and, you. Uh, <laughs> but I would say that we would make you sign a waiver first. <laughs> yes, that's probably one thing we would do because, you know. You know, humans. and winter winter's good too because I can pull him a lot behind me skiing and that's really good exercise and it's fun. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. It's the trail running I miss. I didn't, I probably went on a total of 10 trail runs all summer and fall. That, you know what? I did more than that. <laughs> Not trying to toot my own horn, but yeah. you should maybe pick up the pace. It's not about picking up the pace. It's about someone picking up my kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I just, for the record, everybody, I trail ran more this summer than Stevie Kramer. <laughs> so pretty good for me. <sighs> um, let's talk about a, an unhappy topic. Uh, Cuba, what happened? I thought you were buying our tickets. First of all. Oh, wait, you're going to Mexico instead of Cuba. I am going to Mexico. I'm very excited about that. I, I honestly didn't know that you were serious about it. You can ask my parents. It is my bucket list race. I know I just said that about New York Marathon, but I have a little bit of a deep bucket. 
And you also, Cuba's a road marathon and you just claimed a minute ago you're not running any more road marathons. Yeah, but I made this plan before I ran New York. Oh. So the Cuba marathon will be happening next year, right? Yep. So here's something that I should say. Being able to run 23 22 23 miles in like 6 minutes, you know, 6 and a half minutes whatever. That's good. Is very motivating to me that maybe had I trained better, maybe it was the shoes and I'm not trying to make excuses, but maybe if I do things differently, maybe if I drink or eat something along the course, maybe I can cut a minute off each mile and do a little better. It's a little motivating to want to maybe try again, going into it a little more prepared. I feel personally like if I didn't pee all over myself before the start of a race, I could probably shave a minute per mile off my time. Okay, I could not have shaved a minute off each mile. That's I would be the said? winner of, no, the last three miles oh, just is what I meant. Okay. And I didn't pee on myself. I poured a cup of pee on myself. Big difference. I had great aim. Tomato, tomato. Um, okay, so we'll have to think about Cuba. And if anyone's wondering why we're talking about Cuba, they should listen to our previous conversation. Right. Uh, I was ready to go. Granted, in the scheme of things, it would have been tricky to pull off. And it's right now, actually, right? I think it's... It's like Or this, it's next weekend. Okay. Well, I'm going to be in Mexico. Yeah. I so think it's, it's either this weekend or next weekend. I am bringing running shoes to Mexico. Very, Are you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It'll be perfect temperature. I know, right? Yeah. Me running no, in Mexico. No, I, I, think, I think the whole thing now about road marathons, it's not about doing one. It's about the experience of doing one. So I think doing one in Cuba would be pretty incredible. Yeah. I'd be more inclined to do the half in Cuba if they have one, but I don't think they do. Okay. I was going to ask about Full House, but you said you haven't been watching that much Full House. No, and they don't have a new season of Fuller House, so I'm not really motivated. Have you been watching anything else or listening to anything else? My sister gave me a book. So I'm still in school too. I don't right. know. So that takes up a lot of my reading. But my sister gave me a book called Bringing Up Bebe, which is a- how You have the, to say it like that? Yeah, because how the French bring up babies. Bebe. Bebe. Um, and that has given me a chuckle here and there. That's one of the good books I like. Um, watching. If I'm on that treadmill, I love Law & Order SVU. But only SVU. That's a terrible answer. That's the television equivalent of peeing on yourself. Why? Uh, Law what Order do you S watch? Not that. What do you watch? I watch Succession. I really like Succession. What's that on? Uh, it's on HBO. Oh, you know what I got really into, but it only took me like a <laughs> night to finish every episode? Dead to Me on Netflix. I don't know it. Oh, they only have 10 episodes and they're only 29 minutes each, so it goes by real fast. But it is amazing. With Christina Applegate, it's huh. so good. You people okay. should check it out. Dead to Me. Sounds better than Full House. <laughs> what have you been up to outside of running and training this summer? I spent... Five weeks in Connecticut with my family. Um, and Connecticut, although beautiful and on the water, is quite boring. There's not much to do there. But I did some volunteering at the local thrift store. Um, you hung out. volunteered at the local thrift store? Yeah. What does that mean? Like you... Organize clothes, make it all look nice and pretty. I got to do something with my time. 
So did you know people at the thrift store? Or did you just roll up and you're like, hi? No, my mom helps out there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So so Marshall, my husband, lived at my parents' house while he did his clinical hours mm-hmm. elsewhere in Connecticut. And so um, I went home with Hans and we spent five weeks out in Connecticut. And my sister and her three kids lived there. So we hung out with them a bunch. Um, it was great to be with family. Um, but yeah, I had a, a pretty boring summer Hmm. and then fall hit and I yeah I went back to my school counseling job and then I'm in school as well and I teach GED and I tutor so that's three things three things counseling school GED tutoring so three and three and a half tutoring's a half um and that's just right at the Crested Butte Community School Uh uh-huh okay do well, you know, GED is in Gunnison. So I go to the Gunnison once a week to teach GED class. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know I've still never been inside the Crested Butte Community School? You're I really, welcome. I want to check it out. You that should. school, every time I drive by, I'm like, that's the most beautiful school I've ever seen. Oh. It's beautiful. Yeah. Is it nice inside too, or is it yeah. just the outside? Okay. No, it's great. It it's- looks like a college campus. Really? Yes. Well, Have you I ever think that's because you look at it and there's like Crestview Mountain right behind it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, sometime I, yeah, Just I need to check in at the office. We'll get your visitor badge. Okay. Okay. No, it's a, it's a fun place to work. I really like the people I work with. And so you're doing counseling mm-hmm. and tell me a little bit about that work. And then you're also working on a degree. Yeah. So I have my, I have my master's in education. I was a teacher for like 10 years and then I had a midlife crisis <laughs> And decided to go back to school for school counseling. Yeah. And as I was going back, there was a job opening. So I am able to work and get my degree at the same time, which I'm very lucky Pretty for. Good. So I work, I'm the sixth through eighth grade middle school counselor. Um, and I teach a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade guidance class. And I also just, I work one-on-one with students and in small groups. And yeah, just check in with kids. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. Hmm. Yeah. And these are kids that might have some type of problem or another? They may, they may not. Sometimes they just want to talk to someone. And I think it's just nice for them to talk to someone neutral and pretty much confidentially unless it needs to be, um, you know. Plus, if they're ever like, Mrs. Kramer, I really messed up bad. You can be like, oh, don't worry about it. Like I had this travesty of a marathon (laughs) race where I was like, Covered in Vaseline and pee. And so whatever you did is probably not even like half as weird as what I just did. There you go. And then they feel better. You about have to themselves. make sure you're plugging that in at the right time. Yeah. But yes, I, I think it helps hearing that adults are not perfect. Right. And adults make mistakes. Yep. Although I didn't make a mistake. It was an accident. Hmm. Okay. Winter plans. Um. We'll see. I'd love to add on and have four more children. No. Um, you want four more kids? No, I want like 12 more kids, but realistically. <laughs> How does Marshall feel about this? Um, I don't really care. <laughs> Marshall and I need I'm to get a kidding. beer. I'm just kidding. Marshall and I need to get together for a No, beer. I mean, I think from, I might have said this in the last conversation, I think from like the second time we ever hung out, I said, I want five kids. I've always wanted a lot of kids. So he knew this. He knew this. I don't think he realizes, but I'm old. 
like I'm probably not gonna have five unless I can have triplets and then twins, which I would love. Why? Why would you want five? I mean, like I once know. you're at two. Ugh. <laughs> what? What's you just more? The more the merrier. They're just so fun, and I just feel like when you have more, there's just more for them. They play with, they can hang out with each other. Okay, I probably, let's be honest, I would love at least one sibling for my kid. That's okay. right now, you know, let's let's be realistic. And if three happens, awesome. If four happens, even more awesome. But let's go one at a time. But anyway, my, my winner, I hope to do a lot of ski mountaineering. I might do some races in the Colorado Ski Mountaineering Series. Hmm. It's called the Cosmic Series. Um, we'll see if I do the Grand Traverse again. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. It's one of those races that you dread, but when it doesn't, when you're not part of it and you hear about it, you have FOMO. So, and I, I actually loved my partner from last year, Dan Loftus. Mm. Do you know Dan? I have not met Dan. He's awesome. Um, he's the owner of the Brick Oven. Mm -hmm. He's I spend like, a lot of time in the Brick Oven. Yeah, so. and he's, he's so awesome, and he had so much patience with me. Um, so it was a fun ski. So that makes me kind of... Either say I want to end on a positive note because it was my fastest time hmm. or do I want to have that experience again? But I feel like you'll never have that. You know what I mean? So right. we'll see. There's there's a lot. And Marshall's back. So um, hopefully it will allow me to ski more. Yeah. And is he, is Marshall working on the mountain? Yeah. He's a paramedic ski patroller. Yeah. And then he does some work at the hospital as well. Yeah. So he's busy. Winters are busy for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you something that has nothing to do with anything, but I'm curious. From our last conversation, you were doing this, like laying out very specifically, like your wheelhouse. Like, I like to run two to three hours, but not like 10 hours and like be sleeping outside overnight in these 24 hour races type of thing, you know? So I was thinking about all of this, but then we did the, had this great conversation with Maggie Gooderall who just won Big Dog's Backyard Ultra. And I was thinking this could be more in your wheelhouse in terms of like the endurance. Hear me out. In terms of the, she's shaking her head vigorously, <laughs> but hear me out. I get the idea that you don't want to like shuffle feet. Did you know, by the way, I went and worked the aid station at the Moab 240? Ugh. Yeah, I worked the aid what, station. What aid number? The, the Geyser Pass aid station, mile 201. Oh, gosh. And then we did a fun thing where I thought it was fun and interesting. I interviewed people for the podcast, like, you just ran 201 miles. How are you feeling? And they weren't annoyed with you that you stopped them during their race? It was amazing. I mean, they, no. like I guess when you're 200 miles deep, what's five-minute break going to do? Yeah. And, uh, but the follow-up question was, so like you just ran 201 miles, how do you feel? And then it's like, you have another 40 to go. <laughs> and they were very lovely and very, very charming and met a lot of really, really nice people. But that was my first, uh, first aid station. And that was quite a thing. But I was like, that's not your jam. But Big Dog's Backyard Ultra, right? Here's this concept where, and everyone should go listen to our last episode if you are unfamiliar with this event, but it's really interesting. So every, you, everyone's in a corral, you run four miles, you get back and you get to chill out until the clock hits 
a 60 minute mark and then you go again you would be good at this no, because no, you're good no. at, you're you're good at running the faster yeah, shorter miles yeah but then i would die after 4 hours now why you got it well but presumably we wouldn't like you're actually going to have water we're not going to have you in the wrong shoes and then you have like if you're running let's just call it say seven, seven and a half minute miles. That'd be a pretty comfortable, easy pace for you for four miles, right? Yes-ish? I don't do well with breaks. Like okay. that's the thing. I don't, even if I go for a three hour run with a friend and they want to like take a break to have a snack, I, I won't stop. <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll slow down and shuffle a little bit. Like you just said okay. shuffle, but I'm the kind of person, I just want to keep going. I'm not good at stopping. And actually- if people ever ask for advice, you know, what happens if I get tired? And I always tell them, I'm like, oh, don't stop. I said, slow down your pace or shuffle, like you said, but don't stop because restarting again is so hard. Yeah. And at two in the morning when it's freezing cold, although I don't know how it was in Tennessee, but two in the morning to have like even a 10 minute break and then you have to start again. Oh, no. It is one of the interesting I, I wondered about that because I, I agree with you actually on the like start, stop, start, stop. Mm -hmm. Like that's just a whole different, Yeah, I don't know. And I did talk to Maggie about this, but that's just like, seems like an extremely different kind of training mm -hmm. type that, or is just an extremely different type of athlete who can handle that start, stop pace. And like Maggie would talk about, it, it was like, I think, kind of basically once it would start getting dark, she would try to like lay down and sleep oh, for like no. eight oh, to man. 10 minutes. No, see that, yeah. that and then be you'd done. be out. Yeah, yeah, you'd be out at that And part. then I, I couldn't even stand up again, I don't think. <laughs> but that's like my personality. I, I just like to get things over with, you know, and, and as much as I like racing, and this might be a stupid comment because I'm sure everyone agrees, I like being done with the race. There's nothing more fun than, after a race, you just ran X amount of miles, you had a nice beer, and then you're done. So I just like running as fast as I can, getting it over with, you know you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I do that a lot with a lot of things I don't like. Like if I have food in front of me and there's three things and there's one thing I don't like, I'll eat it first to get it over with. You know what I mean? What food don't you oh, like? Oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> no, like if you have a delicious burger, but you have vegetables, and I love vegetables, but you eat the vegetables first to get them out of the way because then you can enjoy your burger. It's just like the vegetables is the run. You like the run, you like the vegetables, but you really like that burger. You really like that beer, and so you're really excited. You know what I mean? I have to say one thing before I forget. I hope I don't sound disrespectful to ultra runners. Like I make this gagging face that no one can see, and you might hear me make a sound. <laughs> To each their own. And yes. I have so much respect and I'm in awe of all those people that can run 240 miles. And someone once told me once I get like a little older that one day I'll run that. I really highly doubt it. And I <laughs> might have to go back in my word, but I am sorry. I hope I'm not disrespectful. I, no. I really do respect and I am in awe of people that can run 240 miles. I'm in awe of people that can run 50 miles. Like I don't ever foresee myself running 50 miles. What's the longest you've ever run? 55K and I wanted to cry. Yeah. It took seven and a half hours. Which race was this? In Madeira in yeah. Portugal. So we, we talked about this one, I think. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, 55K. Yeah, and I never have to do that again, ever. 
Like when you say they still had 40 miles left to go? Yeah. Well, I think too, we have had a lot of conversations with ultra runners in this on this show. And I do actually really like the idea that like, and Ian Sharman, we mm-hmm. were talking with about this and Ian was like, I just really think we need to be celebrating races of totally. all different distances. I and, I, and I'm super, super down with that. And uh, which is why I'm such an advocate of the 100 meter dash. I was just thinking that because those people have to be so stinking fast and yeah. strong that it takes so much work to get there. And just like someone that's running 200 miles has to have so much endurance and someone running 50K has to have the endurance and the speed. It's like every, you're right. Every discipline has its own strengths and and amazingness to it. So I agree with that completely. That's why so many of my own training runs, I'm just like, I'm just going to do a hundred meter tonight. Maybe not very quickly, but it kind of shuffling. It's like I ran a legit distance. Yeah. So I'm here for you. Totally. Bolt. What's his name? Hussein. Hussein Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still think of all the, so you actually think if you had to do, say, uh, 100K. I wouldn't do it. Yes, you had to. No. Terrorists have gotten a hold of Hans. Huh? And they're like, we have Hans. I thought about that as I was racing this week, uh, running this week after my marathon. I thought my calves were going to come out. I was like, if I had someone chasing me right now, I'd be screwed because I cannot physically run any faster. So if someone, terrorists were like, we have Hans, he's safe, he's fine. He's watching Full House reruns. But to get him back, you either have to complete the 100K or do at least 100K in the Biggs Backyard Ultra and if you don't get your 100K distance covered, we're not giving Hans back. So stakes are high. This, this is real. Real. This is a real world. <laughs> Jeez, it looks uncomfortable. <laughs> Which would you do? Oh, I, I wouldn't do the, the circle one, the okay. backyard one. You want to keep it going. You don't want to stop. No. I have a All really right. hard time with out and backs as it is. Okay. I think that I'm definitely in agreement with the people who tell you that as you get older, you're going to start getting into longer distances. You seem primed for it. You don't mind cold. You said you don't mind cold. You don't like stopping. I hate running for more than three hours. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, if I had to bet. I know. I, I, I'd be interested, but I really highly doubt it. I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. Like, I have zero desire to run more than three hours. Well, four hours. A zero, zero. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what it is too? I hate the gear. Like I hate, if you run more than four hours, you have to have a backpack and you have to have a jacket and you have to have all this food and then bleh. Like th- there's a simplicity to running and that's what I appreciate about running is just having shoes that you hope fit well. Mm-hmm. Um and comfortable sports bra ladies, you know? So those are the two things that, and that's what I love about running. It's just so simple. But when you start adding like four, then you need to have people waiting for you at eight stations yeah. to change your socks and it's just changes what I love about running. And yeah. that's my opinion, but that's what it is. Yeah. Well, and given that you have just told us how you don't even stop for a drink during a marathon, I guess- we're prepared to believe you. 
that you really don't like <gasps> the extra stuff. So I can tell you personally, if I got like a five mile run, I'm, I got my water. I've like thought through this, like the five mile for me is, you know, that's kind of ultra. It's getting into ultra territory. So I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I don't have like, you know, poles or anything, but like I'm, I'm prepared. Yeah. Uh, you got to run off. What are you running off to? We have a meeting at the school for uh, participants skiing this winter. What they is... can do they can do part time days to ski because we no longer have the Crest Beat Academy, and so now there's a couple of people that compete in skiing, and so they do like two half days a week, and so we have to talk to those parents. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That seems like a valuable thing. I'll let you. I don't feel at all offended that you're splitting out of here to go. Well, we were too busy about... yapping before. We were talking. That was more on you, though. But it was your first time it's at always, Blister HQ. I know. This place is really cool, people. Yeah. You should come visit. <laughs> it's a good spot. We like yeah. it. Good to see you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. Next time, though, I need to have a beer with Marshall without you. Why? Because the I'm whole five- I'm way more exciting than him. Uh, the whole five kids thing. I need to- I feel like he probably needs somebody to talk to. <laughs> He's pretty stubborn. He won't do it if he doesn't want it. Okay. I'll find it elsewhere. Oh, God. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> wow. I'm pretty resourceful. Let's just keep it at that. <laughs> um, as always, <laughs> quite the pleasure. And um, we'll do it again soon. We'll check in with you. We'll make sure you're doing all right. and you're Next winning. time we'll do it with a beer as we're talking. Okay, deal. How do you feel about like, say, whiskey or bourbon? Blech. Oh, that's right. We Turns talked about me into this. a mean man. Like, you yeah. know. Yeah. I like pumpkin beer. I went to no. four liquor stores yesterday. No. Not one place had pumpkin beer. That makes me salute to oh all the liquor Oh my gosh, you are like Marshall CD. and my brother. My brother came to visit and he was like, that is disgusting. Stuff. I'm like people who actually like beer. You don't like beer? I said I'm, I'm like people who oh. actually like pumpkin beer is uh, not. That's... Uh, can keep your frappuccino beer to yourself. <laughs> it's just pumpkin beer. Anyway, moving on. If any of you listeners would like to have a pumpkin beer, you let me know. There aren't any in Crested Butte, though. So don't come here for one. I love this place. Um, you got to go. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's it for this edition of Off the Couch. Thanks to Stevie for the conversation. Thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then we'd encourage you to subscribe to Off the Couch, tell your friends about the show, and we would be very thankful if you would leave us a nice little rating in iTunes. Until next time, keep moving forward, and we will talk to you again next week.